Hey, welcome to ChiroCast. I can't believe how fortunate I am to be a chiropractor going on 30 years next year. And it's been, there's like several pivotal companies that have helped me uh, to the success that I have achieved. And those three are now you know, ChiroWrite and Preferred Chiropractic Doctor. Yesterday, all three of those were used extensively. Um, and I don't know how anybody can go and do anything without having great companies behind them, supporting them. So just wanted to let you guys know how I feel. And uh, here's the podcast. In the beginning, God, the law of the universe, the same law in all units, it creates vegetable or animal. The same law circumvents abnormal conditions as best it can. The same law personifies itself in quadrupeds and bipeds of the vertebrata, species and families, if all channels of communication are open, free, and clear of impediments, obstructions, hurdles, or interferences in its path. In the beginning, God, man being one creation, medicine per se, is supposed to be scientifically due from outside what God can't do from the inside of man. Educated medical men and scientific me medicine with test tubes, microscopes, and laboratories with endless compounds deny the cult tenets of abilities of a supreme internal function. God, no matter how defined, is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent inside of man in the creation of man. Where is this in man, if it isn't man at all? If it is, this all-pervading internal power must be recognized and established as a dominant factor in healing with man's sick or well. All space, all time, all things that grow, produce, reproduce, and live are governed by law. And yet medical men by insignificant education are intolerant of this factor in admitting its place functionally internal to run man. They substitute accumulations of outside theories to try to prove man must be directed to live by outside experimental impractical ideas of medical men who have lived no longer or know no more than he who is sick. That's B.J. Palmer from Palmer's Law of Life. Um, I love the thought of in the beginning, right? Because in the beginning implies a lot of things. There's a lot of things to a beginning, right? So B.J. is talking about the beginning beginning, but there's a lot of beginnings, right? You guys here began something new when you first entered chiropractic school, right? When you guys graduate shortly, uh, you guys will have another beginning, right? When you guys maybe, if you haven't had a chance to do it already, start a family, that's another beginning. There's always chapters, there's always these new chapters, right? And every chapter brings its interesting things. And what I wanna to talk to you today about is, is my own personal beginning. So I'm gonna show you some stuff that my wife found that we had made way early on. So this was, these are pictures from 1990. This is my first office in 1990. I had a home office. I practiced uh, in this little 800 square foot uh, office that was adjacent to a, a large house on a main road. Um, I didn't live in the house. I just rented the office. It was this really cheap little office space, the cheapest thing I could find because I had $100,000 in student debt and no money to my name, so I had to start somewhere. And I, my thought was start small, go big, right? That was my... A start. So here's my first sign, right? This is a this is a couple of pieces of paper printed out, and you remember the <clears throat> the printers that used to be the the inkjet, so and it had the little dots that you had to stick the thing, right? And that's that's what those pieces of paper are <clears throat> right there. So this is my waiting room, right? This is me and my beautiful wife, uh, 1990. Uh, guess where I got this couch from? Mom is good. I should got it from my aunt. Right, my aunt gave me this couch from the basement. Right, uh, guess where I got these lamps from? 
My mom, right? My mom made this, right? She, she was a great uh, knitter and crocheter. She made this. You see these gross chairs, like you can see this plastic one over here? <clears throat> the, the person who owned the office was a medical doctor, um, <clears throat> and then unfortunately uh, her, her husband passed as a medical doctor, and he had these old chairs from the 1950s that were these plastic gross fluorescent colors, and we just used them, right? And look at the lovely paneling, the lovely dark wood paneling that we had here. This is my, fir this is my first front desk. Let me explain to you about my front desk. So here's another one of those examples of those bad chairs. This is the nicest one, so I gave it to my receptionist. Um, <clears throat> I could not afford to get a front desk. So what I did was my father gave me two um, file cabinets, right? two, two drawer file cabinets, and we put them in the office, and we, he took a leaf of the dining room table, and he gave that to me for the top, but the, it was like this because one of the file cabinets was you know, higher than the other. So I put two phone books underneath the, the leaf of the table to make it even, right? Uh, so so that's, what, that's what this is. This is, a, this is called humble beginnings, right? right? Here's my wife and here's my office. Once again, this, uh, this desk and this here were from the former occupant, right? So I, I spent almost nothing you know, to, to get in here. Here's another, you know, take a look at that great office there. We painted our own office, right? And have professional painters come in. So me and my buddies that I graduated with, we're all painting, you know, the office together. Here's one of my first child patients back in 1990. He was having troubles walking. Uh, and I st he was one of the first kids I adjusted. We told Miracle. The mom wrote a million testimonials. She and I are still friends on Facebook, even though this is, you know, 20, 30 some odd years ago, right? Um, this is, uh, anybody who's not from the north, this is what I used to have to do all the time. Uh, this was, a, a, and this was done either by shovel or eventually when I could afford it, I got a snowblower, you know, to help me uh, to, to make this thing, you know, go through. But I want to show you this stuff because I want to sh talk about these humble beginnings, right? So many of us think that, or, or hear from, from different people and different groups and stuff, that you got to start big, right? You got to spend 100000 50000 uh, some crazy amount of money to, to furnish your office and start big and go 2,000, 2,500, 5,000 square foot offices so you can really start big and have like this gorgeous place and, and that's why people will come to you because you have this gorgeous place, this beautiful setup and, and all this kind of stuff. And you know what? That's okay if you got the bucks, right? And there are some people and groups that that's how you want to do it and that's totally fine and nothing wrong with that. You want to start that way, that's great. But let me tell the people who don't want to start that way or can't afford to start that way or choosing not to, to do that particular thing. You don't have to, right? I graduated with almost nothing in my pocket, right? I, everything, all the things that were in here were either given to me by my parents or my relatives or I rented them, I leased them. I leased my x-ray machine. I leased my tables. I leased everything. I maxed out credit cards, and then I cut them up so I wouldn't spend any more on them. Right? And I hear all the time, you got to spend, people are so afraid to open up their own office that they decide to not open up their own office until they have oodles of money, and then they go into an associate job, and they don't make oodles of money, and then they never open up their own office. Right? If you want to open up your own office, just go out there and do it. Start small. You don't need a Taj Mahal. You don't need a huge, you know, castle. What you need is a hole in the wall to start. Because people don't come to see you because you got a pretty office. They come to see you because you got something different, right? So two new patients yesterday,
Both of them were children with autism. Right? They're coming to me because they're saying, I don't want my kids on drugs. <coughs> Last week a kid came with ADHD. I don't want my kids on drugs. Right? So they're not coming to, to you because you have the prettiest office and the loveliest setting and the most expensive this, that, and the other thing. That is not what they're coming to you, right? They're coming to you because you got something different to offer. People want something different. They don't care that it looks like this. I built a huge practice in this place in New Jersey before I sold it to a life grad. I waited for a life grad. For a year, I interviewed people, a solid year. I don't do any therapies in my office. This one guy, when I was still in my office, he, not that it's bad or wrong, but I don't do any therapies in my office. So this one guy came into my, into my practice, and he was a chiropractor from a town a few towns over. Very nice guy. Uh, and he said, I want to buy your practice. I said, you want to buy my practice? Like, he was more of a you know, typical rub-a-dub-dub, -dub, crack, crack, crack kind of adjuster, and that's just not what I did. Uh, he didn't see any kids in his practice, mostly adults and pain-based. So I said, you want to buy my practice? Why? You're going to have an associate community? He said, no. He said, you got a gold mine. you got a gold mine here. He said, you're just doing adjustments. If I added therapies to your practice, I could triple the income in this place. Right? Yeah, you're doing great, and then when I add therapies? Man! I'm like, no. He said, no, I'm going to offer you more. Whatever someone asks, I'm going to double. No, I'm not interested. What are you talking about, Drew? I'm giving you an amazing opportunity. I don't care about the money. I want to make sure that the person who comes into my office is going to keep the congruence, the congruence of what I did. Dr. Tom has been doing that ever since. Right? I waited for the right person. Because it, that's what it's about. Not that money isn't important, right? But it's not about selling out. What it is, is about giving 110% of what you can. Because when you do that, it doesn't make a difference that your waiting room is paneled in 1950s stuff and you have furniture from mismatched and, and your front desk is wobbling, right? Nobody really cares. They're not really looking at that, right? Now, it's nice to have all that kind of stuff. I, I'll, next week, I'll take some pictures of my current office. It's beautiful. But I, you know what? I waited until I could beautify my office to make it beautiful. And even in this office, over time, if I show you evolution pictures, I got after like a couple of months of, of seeing patients in the late, 19, late 1990, early 1991, I started buying chairs, and I started getting new carpet, and I just, I started, and patients were excited about that. Wow, that's so cool. Great new chairs, Doc. Wow, look at that new carpet. Wow, great paint. Right? Wow, look at this. Wow, new front desk, Doc. Right? They were excited about that. They're excited to watch you grow. There is no absolute rationale that says that you have to start big, especially if you already got $250,000 in student loans. Right? If you don't want to add anymore, you don't have to. Right? You can choose to, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I just want you to know you don't have to. Right? It's a choice as to how you want to start. Right? Because the people are going to come to you for one reason and one reason only, because you do something different. If you do something that everybody else does, then nobody's interested. But if you do something different, if you stand out, right, and you actually look people in the eye, and you really care about what you're doing, and you really practice what you preach, that's why people come to see you. Right? It's a, it's a very different ballgame. Right? I feel like a lot of times you're getting a very interesting view from other people who think that it's all about how much money you dump in. 
right? And certainly the more you invest, the more you should return. I agree with that. But I think it's not just about the money. It's, it's, it's more about this. It's more about the heart. How much heart are you putting into that, right? I, I put my heart and soul into my practice. I put my heart and soul into these kids. This little boy yesterday, he's relatively nonverbal. He talks a little bit. And this kid is hugging me and holding my hand. And, and the parents are like, because he just doesn't do that. And I'm like rubbing his back. And, and this kid, I've never met this kid, right? The intern did a history. I came in, I just, and instantaneously, he just ran up to me. And we're just talking, and, and he's just letting me rub his back and feel his head and look at, you know, look at his spine and look at his legs. And, and he's just really enjoying it. Another autistic uh, a boy who has autism came in, and I'm checking his reflexes, uh, his primitive reflexes, and he's letting me touch his feet. And his mom's like, I can't believe he's letting you touch his feet like that. And I was like, you know why he's letting me touch his feet like that? Because he knows that's what needs to be done. Right? Kids get this. Right? And when you connect with them, right, they call you like a baby whisperer, right? Because you get them, you get what's going on, right? You've seen the horse whisperer, right? You've seen these people that go up to horses and these the horses just look at them in the eyes and they can just do anything, right? It's the same thing, right? But that takes, that that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for, for a gorgeous office with all the fine trappings. They're just looking for, can you offer me help? Can you help my kid? Can you help me? That's what they really want, right? I really want you guys to think about that. That do you need to have the Taj Mahal? You can just start with some hand-me-down stuff and build from there. And how exciting it is to build from there and watch your progress. Instead of, like, if you start out at a Maserati level, where do you go from there, right? It's much better to me, start out at the nice, even level like this and then work your way up.